and welcome to God vs. God, the podcast where we are saving the world with a new pantheon of scientifically selected cross-cultural deities using, of course, our variation of the tried and true Rex Factor podcast formula. Um, which brings me to this episode and our guest host, Roberto, uh, host of Czar Power, another Rexy-style pod. Um, and I'll let, let you uh, introduce your other pod. And I'm also the host of the History of Sacramento, Georgia, a podcast covering the whole history of the country of Georgia, not the state. <laughs> right, which would also be interesting, but no, that, I, I've listened to some... I, I've listened to a number of episodes, but I still can't <laughs> pronounce the name. So I let let you take that. Well, thanks, Roberto, for for being there. Uh, you're going from Rurik to Putin on the on the czars, uh, working your way up there, and uh, a lot of fun with a lot of bad people. So, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And we're not even at the full baddies just yet. Not not even to the worst of them. So, uh, well, thanks for joining me. Uh, so first off, you know we're we're covering. Japanese mythology here. How much do you know uh, about Japanese mythology? I know what I've seen on anime. Because All right. I'm a bit of a weeb, but <laughs> not too much of the in-depth stories of anime. I had a book of Japanese mythology on my bookshelf, but I haven't read it yet because I have 500 other things to read. All right. Well, hopefully this will, will uh, inspire us a good, uh, because this is the second... O- episode of this season the first episode we covered izanagi the co-creator mm-hmm. god of japan and the father of this week's deity amaterasu oh uh, <laughs> amaterasu it's a big one yeah so uh izanagi handed over the reins of heaven uh to his daughter amaterasu after his uh unsuccessful attempt to rescue his wife from the underworld and so here we go so as I said today, we're talking about Amaterasu, the goddess of the sun in Japanese mythology, a little bit different than a lot of mythologies in that it is a, a goddess of the sun. Um, in terms of etymology, uh, Amaterasu means roughly shines from heaven, uh, from the Japanese symbols from heaven and shining. So so pretty pretty straightforward one there. Uh, other titles give off similar vibes, uh, such as the great and glorious goddess who shines from heaven, for example. So that's her deal. Uh, and before we get too far into this, uh, let's take full advantage of this audio-only format by me sharing a picture of Amaterasu uh, with Roberto so that... Uh, he can give a description to our listeners of what Amaterasu looks like. Ooh, that's a new background picture. Okay. So on this picture, you see this glorious shining sun at the background with a woman in the middle, which I'm guessing is Amaterasu. Yep. Um, She is wearing her kimono Um, in front of her is uh, it's a pink kimono. She has her long black hair. There's flowered, print on her kimono uh, but she's mostly blocked by a man um, holding up this large rock with a, uh, red clothing and then in front of him there's another person holding uh, what I assume to be a katana and flowers and dancing around yep and then off to the side then on to the right side uh, from a top right down there's a nice tree with Ribbons attached to it. Then there's a group of men sitting down, crisscross applesauce, kind of <laughs> yeah. laughing, uh, maybe singing with their hands up all in the air going, hey, you. Um, then onto the left side, you see two men. One is a very big, older-looking man with a nice long beard growing out of his nose. Um, <laughs> or that's just his nose hair. Who knows? Yeah. Um, with a nice uh, long tunic, some nice necklace, which I'm assuming may be jade with some stuff attached to it. Um, then there's somebody dressed up maybe as a wolf or like an animal below him, but I can't really tell what that is. Right. Yeah. I can't tell so, what that one is either. Uh, but it's a very cool print and I would love to have this hanging on my wall. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, you did an excellent job there. You hit a lot of the, the points. So we're going to come to this point, and you'll, you'll probably recognize it when we, we hit this myth, but that is Amaterasu, uh, and she is coming out of a cave in this. Um, I believe the gentleman with, with the uh, nose hair beard is the god of wisdom, uh, and um, I think... Well, I'm not. I'm not sure if the the dancing figure uh, could be one of a couple other couple different figures, but this is a an iconic scene that that will come up uh, against that really uh, is is one of the big myths that that Amaterasu has, and, and you'll recognize it as soon as, as soon as we get to it. So, okay, uh, we'll put that up on the socials, uh, spread it in the fact that this is going to be. Uh, or, or at least a version of this is going to be the background for the episode when it when it goes out. That's the image that that I plan on using, so people people will see it uh, as well. So they'll kind of know actually what you're talking about if they if, if they've clicked on it anyway. Yeah, and it appears the print is also in divided into three sections as well, with a large center section and two side sections. So it could be a painting that's brought in together because there's a large dividing section between the yeah. two of them. Yeah. And- and it- I imagine we'll kind of use the, the center of that. So yeah, um, and then she's coming out of her cave where she's doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's. She's. Well, she. She's. She's. Does a little better once she gets out, but we'll. We'll yeah. see that. So, um, in terms of origin, we'll, we'll go back. Well, we're going to work our way back up to this. Uh, this particular myth because we're mm-hmm. going to go in origin. Uh, as I said, uh, Amaterasu was the daughter of Izanagi, uh, the Japanese creator god. And depending on the myth, uh, there are versions where her mother is Izanami, uh, Izanagi's wife, which, which kind of makes sense. But uh, in the sort of seminal Japanese collection of myths, the Kojiki, uh, that one, Amaterasu is born from her father, Izanagi, only, as he is washing his left eye out after having just escaped from the underworld. And it is during this cleansing, purifying ceremony that Amaterasu emerges fully grown with the light of the sun uh, out of his left eye while her brother uh, Tsukuyomi uh, emerges as the god of the moon from Izanagi's right eye. And then her other brother, Suzano, uh, is blown out of Izanagi's nose and he goes on to become the god of storms. Okay, I'm getting intense. <laughs> right? Getting, okay, so having, like having some feels. I'm having some feels. Um, her, I'm sense. You know, I could. This may just be me, but like this feels a bit like Athena coming out of her of Zeus's head, um, which is something I'm getting the sense yeah. of. But then also, as I mentioned, I'm an anime fan, and this is literally in Naruto. <laughs> all all three of these names. Um, relate to a character's abilities where Amaterasu's in one eye, Sukuyomi's in another eye, and they have a guardian protector named Susanu. So that's just like... that. There you go. That that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I may be referencing a lot of anime this episode because that's where I'm seeing it in person. Yes. Um, so, so <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to be way ahead of me on that. I'm only vaguely familiar <laughs> with, with, uh, with anime, so you'll, you'll be way ahead. But I, I would imagine since uh, chronologically the... Kojiki is about 1,200 years old that that one came first. And the anime is maybe referencing back. But that, yeah, so you may, you may see some things that, that are echoed in anime, and that'll help when we get to our iconography round. So, uh, so Suzano uh, is, is uh, blown out of the nose. Um, and then one gets the sense that, you know, Izanagi, the father, was a bit worse for wear after his wife's death and his spectacularly unsuccessful attempts uh, to rescue her from the land of the dead. Because shortly after her birth, uh, as the fully grown goddess, Izanagi splits up his kingdom between his three newest children, Amaterasu. Uh, His successor is the ruler of heaven. Uh, Tsukuyomi is... Uh, rules the night, and Susano uh, rules the sea, and is is the god of storms. Uh, interestingly, like the land is not yet mentioned. That's not assigned, and that's going to be a big part of what comes up later. So, 
at this time, you know, they're, they're gods, uh, they're primordial deities. So she does uh, the natural thing and marries her brother, uh, Sukuyomi, uh, the god of the moon, because, you know, that that's, that's I mean, what they do. If there's no one else around. I, I guess, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's a pattern. It. There's a pattern here that, we, that we've established through three seasons, so it's not not shocking to any of our listeners. No, sure. not at all. So at this time, uh, Amaterasu and Tsukuyomi are, are working together. They're sharing the heavens. Uh, then one day, Amaterasu, who is you know the senior deity in this pair, uh, asks her husband brother to go down, uh, visit the islands, maybe do a bit of a, a goodwill tour, uh, shake some hands, kiss a couple babies, uh, go to some... Uh, formal dinners, uh, mm-hmm. host some dignitaries. Uh, so at one of the islands, uh, the god of the moon meets a goddess of food, uh, Yukimochi. So uh, in Tsukunami, uh, Tsukuyomi uh, was, I guess, kind of a city kid uh, because he had no idea where food actually came from. Uh, and this, <laughs> this, this is maybe where uh, the... Uh, you know, don't don't watch the sausage made. Uh, you've heard that saying probably. Uh, it came from maybe this trip because because he learned on that trip that of course, uh, food magically springs from any and all of the orifices of Yukimochi. So he he's at the dinner. He's sitting down. He's about he's about to have dinner. Uh, he's waiting for the plate, and you know it's it's an open kitchen, uh, and so he sees uh Yukimochi vomit his food onto the plate and and you know understandably Tsukunomi uh ha- has has a an adverse reaction uh to seeing I mean wouldn't you have the same reaction yeah it, it, well, well we'll see he, I definitely would have an adverse reaction uh you can tell me if this is this would have been your your reaction uh you know because this as I said this newfound food science doesn't sit well with him uh, and his reaction is to take his sword out and cut the head off of the goddess of food. So I, I get it. I get yeah, it. You, yeah. you just put her up onto his plate. No more food. <laughs> he's, a, uh, he's like, that's it. Uh, but Amaterasu uh, is, is maybe a bit of a gentler soul, a little more diplomatic. Uh, and so she's, she's upset. Uh, she feels like this is not the kind of publicity that she was looking for on this Goodwill tour. Uh, but the good news is that uh, Yukimochi's co- corpse actually produces loads more food than she had been able to uh, randomly spew out of her orifices. Uh, so kind of an unintentional W for Tsukuyomi there. Um, and that now that there's actually more abundant food throughout the world as, as her, her decaying body just uh, provides uh, agriculture for the world. So, he absolutely uh, knew what he was doing, of course. Well, Amaterasu didn't think so because uh, she she was angry about the murder of the goddess, and from that point on, the two of them were separated. Uh, and the moon evermore hot, hid from the sun during the day and had to wander alone through the sky at night. So that was a separation. That that murder there was enough for her. So. Uh, she and I don't. There no 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 mention of a trial uh, that she just uh, what wasn't having it. Um, well, I, it was a good reason to get divorced from her brother. Yeah, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe that was just the excuse she was looking for. That that's that could have been it. He's so, a murderer. I can't have marry him. Yeah, I can't can't stay married to him. So so she separated from from her first uh, brother husband and uh, Susano. Uh, her, her other brother comes to visit. Uh, he, the god of storms, pays her a visit after he's had a bit of a falling out with their father, uh, Izanagi. So, you know, volatility is kind of Susano's thing um, as the god of storms. And, and, and there's kind of a hint that there's a sibling rivalry uh, between the two uh, that maybe Susano thought that he should have been uh, the leader uh, instead of his sister. So Amaterasu is a little on guard uh, when he shows up. And what, what he does is um, she, she, she comes out to, to greet him in like full military garb. She's got, 
you know, full samurai style uh, armor, uh, sword, um, rides out at the head of an army to meet him. But he gets there and he, he assures her that, no, he, he comes in peace. Uh, hmm. he, he's, he's not going to try and take over the heavens or anything. And, you know, as proof of that, you said, well, you know, what, what better proof is why don't we make some babies together? Gross. Very <laughs> yeah, na- gross. Naturally. Well, well, but this was not as it, as it takes actually a sexual advance. It was, it was more of a competitive challenge because the way that these two uh, make babies is at least explicitly uh, not sexually. You can decide if, you, if there are any hidden uh, symbolism in the way they go about doing this. But uh, because the thing what, what Susan, Susan does is he gives her his sword and she takes it and she breaks it into three pieces and chews each of the three pieces out, uh, making loud crunching noises and then blows the remnants of the sword out into a mist that produces three different goddesses. So Amaterasu gives Suzuno uh, her necklace and he uses it in a similar fashion to create five new goddesses. Uh, so then, you know, after this, Amaterasu says, well, you know, that, that was a competition and she claims victory in that it was her necklace that made more deities. Ooh, tricky. Yeah, so that seems like a bit of a bit of a heads I win, uh, tails you lose situation. And and uh her her brother catches that also. He he feels like uh he's been tricked a little bit, um and he doesn't like being called out as the loser. And one thing we do know about him as the god of storms, he's a little bit lacking in emotional control department. Uh, so he goes on here from on a rampage. Uh, now, you know, some, there are other cl- sources that, clear, that claim that Susano was the one who declared uh, victory for himself. But the common theme is that he then goes on a rampage. So either he declared victory and goes on a rampage or she declared victory and goes on a rampage. Bottom line, he goes on a rampage. And, and the rampage is, is kind of this. Uh, he destroyed the crops. Uh, he let the horses out of the heavenly stable. Uh, and then uh, he, he uh, adds insult to injury, and he drops a deuce on Amaterasu's throne. Just poop, poops on the throne. And- I mean, that's... Emotional intelligence is set to zero with this <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> at least, you know, Sukuyomi had no doubt. You know, could at least just run away from his mad sister. Yeah, no, no, he, he yeah, he, it's it's low. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, whoopee cushions had not yet been invented, so he didn't he didn't have that to go through. So this that was his backup plan. Uh, but then it, it goes further. Uh, at you know, at this time, all these insults, Amaterasu's kind of turning the other cheek and and trying to let it go. Um, but then. Susano uh, th- takes a horse and and throws it through the roof of Amaterasu's weaving room, and now that turns tragic uh, and, and uncomfortable for Amaterasu, in that the horse uh, lands on one of her her ladies in waiting and kills her, and then it also knocks the loom that Amaterasu is is working on into her crotch. Ooh, 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 that hurts. <laughs> yeah, so, so she's she's got insult, injury, tragedy. Uh, you know, she's had enough. Susan uh, is going to get it. <laughs> well, no, so so she she's her, her solution, she's out of there. Uh, due to the combination of indignities she suffered and, you know, there's one one of the myths uh, points to maybe a little embarrassment that she sort of felt like she started this, and that's I guess in the version where she sort of tricked him into de- letting her declare victory, and so she goes and she shuts herself off in the rock cave of heaven, uh, which was conveniently nearby. 
So, oh. and, and fasten the rock door. And yes, you know, we are back to that image. Uh, but that, that image is a bit of a spoiler alert because, uh, it doesn't end here. She doesn't go into the rock cave and, and then there was no sun and the sun never shone on Japan. Uh, cause that would be weird. Um, instead what we have is immediate problem in that the world does fall into darkness and, uh, quote, the world fell into darkness on all sides. And the alteration of night and day was unknown. Uh, that that is from the Kojiki. Uh, so shortly after that, uh, a myriad of eighty gods and goddesses uh, gather outside of the cave door uh, and try and lure Amaterasu back out. Uh, they try a number of different things that that uh, that don't work at first. You know, they, they have a couple of different things they try, and then uh, God of the the God of Wisdom uh, gets a big mirror and, and he ties it to a tree just outside of the rock cave of heaven. And then he whispers into the ear into uh, a goddess of merriment. And, and she laughs and says, all right, okay. Uh, and she starts doing a dance and they start playing music. Uh, and then she starts, you know, flashing uh, some of the audience kind of for comic effect. Make a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight. Get right. down tonight. <laughs> so, something along those lines. You know, so the party is starting, it's getting going, and, and it's louder. And Amaterasu's like alone in in the cave having a big, you know, dramatic sulk. And uh, they're outside partying. And that's kind of, you know, not what she really had in mind. Uh, so, uh, you know, it wasn't what she was expecting. And, and she. She decides, well, maybe I can take a little peek and see what, what's going on out there. Uh, and so she takes her peek, she peeks out, and this is where the, the God of Wisdom has that mirror strategically located, because the first thing she sees is a mirror, which shining is a, a sun deity shining back at her. And, and she thinks, well, maybe she's been usurped. So she steps out a little bit more to see who this potential usurper is. And then she is grabbed by Tajikara, who is the god of strength, and he pulls her out of the cave. Um, once she's out, they close the door behind her, and the other gods beg her to stay. And they say, listen, uh, this is all Suzuno's fault, not yours. Uh, so they grab Suzuno. He is forced to apologize. He, he, he is forced to go through a purification ceremony, and he has fined, quote, 1,000 tables, which is... What does that mean? <laughs> Actually, I did look that up. Uh, it, it, it's not just tables, they believe, are kind of a unit of offering, like a table full of offerings. Uh, so it, it would have been Ooh. like from, I guess, a transfer from his temple to her temple. Um you know, but perhaps it was just uh, they were short some folding tables uh, and, and and needed him to supply some more. Uh, I mean, coming from the Georgian tradition of mythology, it's like, no, you got to give us this table of feast. You got to have a nice supra and just party uh, yeah. it out with all the things. So, you know, I was going for the feast. And there's this one scene in Spirited Away where you see one of the characters who's just like, Massive food of table, just kind of gobbling everything in happiness. Ah, well, um, yeah, maybe. it could, it could have been it could have been food, yeah. Well, it said offerings, so I, I was thinking the offerings. Uh, you know, the Greeks they, they always want want it in gold, but it it could ah. it, it could it could have been <laughs> offerings of food that 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 would also make sense. So, uh, but this this does the trick, and Amaterasu uh, returns to her day job of you know providing day. Uh, sun is restored. Uh, though, uh, as I said, uh, Susano was banished down to earth, and so storms and typhoons from that point on become a thing uh, down in Japan. Uh, unfortunately, Damn it, Sus- can we curse on this on this podcast? Yeah, mild. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Dang it, Susano, it's your fault. <laughs> Yes. That, that, I'm from it, Texas. We get hurricanes all the time, so it's all because of you. Yeah, because his, his lack of emotional control, he could not stay in heaven. Us, exactly. So, uh, so while, while being uh, the sun and ruling heaven are you know seemingly big enough claims to fame, 
It's actually what comes next that really makes Amaterasu a big deal in Japanese uh, mythology and religion. Uh, because sometime after that incident above, uh, Amaterasu realizes that her brother, uh, Suzunu, uh, had installed one of his descendants as the ruler of Japan. And Amaterasu uh, and her uh, advisors decide that they're really not okay with that. Uh, so she sends her son, uh, who, whose name uh, means ruling rice ears of heaven, uh, down to take a brief tour of Earth uh, and, you know, to take over. Uh, but he takes the tour and decides he's really not what he's looking at, looking for. All things considered, he'd, he'd rather actually be an idol prince up in heaven uh, than a warlord uh, leading what is still at that point a rather rustic version of Japan. So uh, Amaterasu Mm -hmm. accepts that. All right, fine. I'll I'll send another son, uh, Ame no Hohi, uh, whose name means uh, Heavenly Grain Son, S-U-N. So, uh, and he he actually likes Down on Japan. He he takes a shine to it, but... uh, he he falls in with Suzunoo's son and fails uh, to take over. So so three years later, she sends another messenger to Suzunoo's son, um, and, and and that messenger also defects after being offered a bride. Uh, so you know she's she sent like three messengers now, three different people. So she's she she's going to go with. Uh, some warrior deities. Uh, so she sends the warrior god uh, Futsunushi and the god of thunder uh, to have a word with with uh, Amatera- Susunoo's son and, and finally confronted with a deity more martial uh, than agricultural. Uh, Amaterasu's, uh, sorry, Susunoo's son decides to abdicate. Uh, and then the warrior god and the thunder god travel around uh, Japan, subjugating anyone who they feel like seems like they're in need of subjugation uh, and, and unite the islands. So uh, then, all the fighting done, Amaterasu turns back to ruling rice ears and says, all right, go down, uh, go down there, take over. But again... Uh, he passes. He says, no, nah, I think I'll, I'll stay up here in heaven. But my my son, uh, Nigiji, uh, who is Amaterasu's gr- grandson, does go down. And he goes down. He establishes the dynasty, uh, bringing the earth gods into uh, union with the gods of heaven. And it is his grandson who becomes, <laughs> who becomes the first emperor of Japan. Uh, but we'll save that for the inevitable uh, Rexy Pod rating the emperors of Japan uh, <laughs> later. So after is, that, is, oh, is that Jimu? Yes. Yeah, I was looking at the Japanese rulers before I decided on Russian. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. could add a real tie in there. So yes, uh, when, once you get through the Russians, maybe we'll, we'll have that podcast. Uh, <laughs> so then, that, yeah. So uh, we're going to take a break now, and then when we get back, we're going to rate Amaterasu. All right. Awesome. All right, and we are back. All right, and we're time to rate Amaterasu. And first off is our category, Immortal Combat. All right, so this round, of course, is how good a deity would be in a fight, one-on-one, mono-on-mono, deity-to-deity. So I've got some evidence. I I know you've taken some notes, paying close attention. Uh, But I'll I'll give a, a little rundown, and you can... Uh, give me anything else you 
I missed or your take on things. So the evidence uh, on, on in the narrative is, is pretty light. Uh, we know that Amaterasu has a suit of armor and a sword mm-hmm. because when uh, Suzanne comes up uh, to see her unexpectedly, she, she she goes and she gets him and she can ride a horse. So so that's good. But there was no battle, so uh, we don't know how she actually would have done. Uh, we do learn that she has some fierce chompers. Uh, she she yeah. she crushes the sword on the jewels of Suzanne's sword and uh, turns them into dust. So you know, in in close quarters, that'd be a pretty good. A pretty good weapon. I certainly <laughs> wouldn't want to get bit uh, by her. Um, but she does at times show a bit of a passive streak. Uh, you know, with Susan Wu's, uh rampage, uh, she really ignored it for a while, uh, and then uh, retreats into a cave. Is kind of her, kind of her her big move in that battle. Uh, and, you know, and and there are some kind of vague stories later on where Amaterasu. Uh, uses her powers to aid some of the Japanese emperors uh, in battles. One where it's sending a storm at sea, though that is also uh, given to different storm gods. Uh, so it's not real clear on that. Uh, so, so those are kind of the points that I picked out from there. Was there anything else that you, you saw, Roberta? Well, I, I do want to say that she does seem to be very wily. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned if the whole, um, when Susanu was trying to come to have children with her and she used her smarts to basically turn it around on him. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she disappeared and she made the, everything dark. So have fun swinging a, you know, a katana yeah. if you can't see. Right. Um, that's true. That's true. She can shut um, the lights out. Yeah. And then you mentioned when she was born, like heavenly fire came out of it, Izanagi's eye. Yeah. So that's another thing that I think would be she has these powers, but she, but it's also right. with her being in charge, it doesn't seem that she needs to use it. Per right. Se. She, yeah, she is literally the sun. Yeah, yeah. We can't we can't forget that. But uh, yeah, the, the way she, her behavior is sort of modeled after more of an emperor, where she is not generally speaking the one doing the the, the fighting. It's more commanding. Uh, so, exactly. so, so those those are not unleashed. Um, yeah, so it, it's a tr- it's a tricky one, uh, uh, you know. And I re- we've we've rated other sun deities uh, <laughs> in in this podcast before, and that's always a tricky one because they have that kind of nuclear option, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but uh, we, one rarely sees sees them use it. So, um, do, you, do you have a rating in mind or? I, I think I'm giving I'm thinking about a a six. Okay. Um, mostly because she has the nuclear option, but she never uses it. She's very wily, so she could probably get out of getting them to do any sort of, sort of battle. Um, but I also have to deduct points because she ten she she turns the other cheek when it comes to fighting. Um, she kind of lets Susanu kind of you know, annoy her to no end. Yeah. Um, but because she's able, you know, to ha- she has the powers to unleash a nuclear option. But of course, it makes no fun storytelling if you let the mo- the powerful god do whatever they want. So right, having right. a Superman thing is letting Superman destroy everything because it's, it's no fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say a six, just, you know, god, you know, battle to battle because she's so used to commanding, she's probably not going to want to fight just to keep some sort of peace within the realm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's about right. I, I was I was thinking of five, but I think I think I'm going to match her six because I'm going to give her that well, that one extra because of the the ultimate power that she she could have. So if things really get dire, you know, maybe she mm-hmm. wouldn't go there. Exactly. Before actually actually uh, taking a defeat. All right, so that that is a twelve for Immortal Combat. All right, and moving on, we have. Curriculum deity. All right, so this is this is a bit of a two-parter here. Uh, this is um, how much would you like to be this deity, and how much would you like to worship this deity? So I've got a, a couple things from the narrative, uh, and maybe and then one or two things that, that were outside of the narrative that I'll, I'll introduce. Mm-hmm. So uh, Amaterasu's life overall pretty good, I thought. Uh, she mm-hmm. lives in a palace. 
you know, kind of, again, modeled on the Japanese emperors. She has a large court of attendants uh, with different halls, different stables. There's a weaving hall. There's a, you know, a dining hall. Uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, on the other hand, her, her marriage uh, is a bit of a disaster. Uh, her relationship with both brothers is, is of course, a bit strained. Uh, her, her mother, her possible mother, is down in the underworld. Uh, so, you know, uh, th- th- there's uh, some downsides uh, there on the personal side. Um, you know, and, and at least once when, we, when she goes to the cave, it really was the strains of office maybe were too much. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit lonely at the top. I think is something we see there. Uh, and, and Amaterasu's on the worship side. Now these things weren't really in in the narrative, uh, but um, you know, her, her worship's long been tied to the imperial cult uh, by the the grandson of her grandson, um, which is a number of greats. Um, so she she was held to be their ancestor. And sort of a model of the emperor in heaven. Uh, her most important shrine is the Grand Temple of Ize, and and that is about one thousand years old. Uh, but most of the temples are actually rebuilt every twenty years. They're torn down, rebuilt, exactly in exact replicas, uh, in what is uh, sort of a ritual of purification. Um, I like and- that. Yeah, so it, which is interesting. Yeah, um, we we like the really old stuff uh, in, in the mm-hmm. in the in the West, but no, they they tear them down and, and rebuild them, and so they're always pure and new and uh, and kind of perfect. Um, and, and and those that temple also house what is believed to be the actual mirror uh, that lured her her from the cave, and it has been a major pilgrimage site for its entire existence. Um, and the temple, when you go on the website, they claims to be a place of much public happiness. Uh, and then her primary festival in Japan these days is called the Golden Week, which is in May. It's kind of some, you know, May Day vibes. There's a children's yeah. fest, there's parades, uh, there's, you know, pilgrimages. Uh, it seemed like pretty good family fun. A lot of people wearing yellow, which, which is her, her, com- her, uh, color, her, her symbolic color. So, uh, all right. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, so I think, you know, in regards to wanting to be Amaterasu, most, mostly I think, you know, commanding all the other gods, you know, having power over the realm, being, you know, the actual son would be really cool. <laughs> Marrying my siblings, not so much. Yeah. Um, but she did get separated from them. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so she has some power over that. You know, it's not like Zeus and Hera who... Stuck with each other, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so, and then in regards to worshiping her, I think she's a really cool, she's a really cool goddess. And I would definitely want to worship her if I uh, were of that religion. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that the the festival seems like a good time. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the photos of the temple complex look pretty cool. You know, it was, so I definitely think she gets points there. On, on the being, I th- that's one, an interesting one is it kind of comes down to your own personal choice of do you want to be kind of the ruler figure? Do you want to oh, so, take that absolutely. off? Absolutely. Yeah, so <laughs> you're, going, you're going whole whole hog for that. I can see oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, if you ever see my email sign off for the Czar Power email, that's a, that's a long one because I yeah. just attach the the ruling, you know, the title of the Russian emperor. Oh, yeah. But that is mine. Um, but I think it would be a lot of fun to be the god of the gods and then also to just worship her as well. I think yeah. the whole cycle renewal for me, at the same time, while historically kind of sucks because you lose these super old buildings, you, you you retain something much more important, which is the knowledge of how to build these in the old style. Yeah. And especially if you've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years, it makes it that much cooler because it's a tradition that's been passed down, which for me is much more important of knowing what an old tradition was versus here's this old building that we have. Right. I mean, um, I think about some of the Roman stuff, like the, the Pantheon, where where for a thousand years people had no clue how how mm-hmm. that was even done. Uh, the, you know, they, yeah, they could like, not have redone it. Yeah, like we, we're still, I think we barely just discovered how to make Roman concrete. Right. And now I'm like, no, I would rather have these traditions 
alive that help us keep these, you know, the way people lived, you know, alive instead of just keeping things in state. So I'm going to give her a nine for this category. All right. All right. That's pretty nice. I just really like her. I like her. You know, I, 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 I'm going to go a little bit lower on kind of the, the being side, a little bit of a lonely existence to me, uh, but not, not terrible, but that's mm-hmm. more of a three, but uh, I, I'm going to give her an eight overall. So with, with uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I do think that, that her, uh, for the most part, you know, certainly her modern version. There's some like iffy stuff back when the when the emperor was Im- imperial family was kind of really glomming on to her, uh, but I don't I don't hold that accountable her accountable for that and that that those days are gone. So uh, I think that the mm-hmm. modern version is, is it seems like a pretty good time. So uh, you said nine, I said eight, so that is a seventeen. And then we had a 17, and we have a 12. So we got 29 going into iconography. So uh, iconography is the uh, – and you probably have some, that, uh, some stuff that I don't know about uh, mm-hmm. from the anime. But, you know, I kind of go through around the web, get a feel for what, what the impact is of, of this deity uh, – from the you know, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Um, so starting with the ridiculous, that there is the Amaterasu Universal Gun Holster, which maybe maybe you never heard. Of. It is a it is quote a multi fit holster that fits more than eighty pistols. This holster is a chameleon adapting to your gun like it was custom made for you. So that's an interesting one. Uh, here in Massachusetts, there is the Amaterasu LLC, which is a Man- Massachusetts clean energy company, which of course, which makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, solar solar company named after. Uh, there's Amaterasu Crypto, uh, which is a currency that is ranked thirty two thousand and eightieth largest crypto, and but it was up three percent as of Wednesday. So. So donate all your money to it. <laughs> Making a little bit of a comeback. In uh, <laughs> the movies, there is a night. There's a 2017 short film uh, that recaps that uh, rivalry with uh, Suzanne. Um and there is an actress named Omoko Amaterasu, uh, who is known for her appearance in the miniseries The Dancing Detective. Uh, which is a Japanese miniseries. Um, the name popularity uh, in the United States of America, uh, according to babycenter.com, Amaterasu was the 16,816th with three babies per million, or as we like to say, BPMs, uh, in 2021. So, mm-hmm. you know. That's not bad, considering uh, that uh, you know in the United States, you know, and I I suspect some of that is coming from uh, from the, from the anime world um, more than directly from uh, say Shintoism. But uh, Amaterasu, I I could not find any YA fiction, uh, which which is. Uh, which was too sad. There, 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 she is a character in a show called Anime High, uh, which I don't know if that's one and a popular anime. Um, now there are a lot of video games that have an Amaterasu oh, yes. character. Uh, there's there's a uh, Battle Cats, Blood Range. Uh, the the big one. Uh, there's a, a wolf. There's kind of the main character in a video. Okami. Okami, a Japanese video game named Okami. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, one, the Chronicle of Heroes. Um, so, and, and I'm sure there were more out there, but whenever uh, you know, I, I was looking for Amaterasu, like the first thing that they would come up with was actually the video games even more than than the anime. Um, yeah, and but, just to kind of yeah add to that, um, she also shows up as a. A jutsu, which is kind of like a special move that people can use in Naruto. Yep. Okay. Literally, it is a fire that comes out out of the um, 
the eye from as hot as the sun. So it burns everything it touches. Okay. Um, so and that's a very much a very popular thing that shows up. Um, and Naruto is a very popular anime. Yeah. Um, it's even permeated in the U.S. intensely. Um, so that's it. People would most likely know Amaterasu from there. This is the name of the spell. Um, it also shows up in one of my favorite video game series, Persona and Persona 4, where she is a, a user character that you can acquire um, as your, like, end goal character. Okay. So um, then you Okami. She's also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, <laughs> in the comic uh-huh. books. Um, <laughs> she makes an appearance. And then um, a very popular game called Smite, which yep. is a game that pits – it literally is – God versus God. <laughs> um, so that's a very popular game that I played it as a, in my youth. Um, but yeah, now she's, I think, you know, if you know anything about Japanese culture, she, you would know about Amaterasu yeah. rather quickly. No, oh, yeah, she, she is, she is, one, she is kind of the, the main deity uh, uh, over there. I would, a mm-hmm. couple more. Uh, so there is the Amaterasu Cosmic Ray. Uh, and that per scientific American that was discovered in 2021, and it is the second most powerful cosmic ray ever discovered, and that slammed into Utah in 2021. Uh, was discovered by a Japanese scientist, and and he named it the Amaterasu cosmic ray. Uh, just point of reference: the most powerful cosmic ray was discovered in the early 90s, and that was was named the OMG particle. So, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, you know, we mentioned the Golden Week. The Grand Temple is a uh, mm-hmm. connection to the royal family, uh, who, of course, trace their their lineage back to Amaterasu. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, I, it's a it's a big one. Uh, so, I, I think. A ten, honestly. Okay, do you go ten? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine. Uh, that that is a nineteen, and then we said it was twenty nine before, so uh, that that gives us a forty eight. All right, and that so she she's doing well. She's doing doing mm-hmm. doing very well. But then it gets to uh, you know really what was often the deciding factor. Uh, in the, the the head-to-head matchups, and we'll see if it's more of a more or less of a deciding factor now. And that is matinee idol. So uh, in this section, we, we try you know try and give a pitch of what would be the most compelling uh, visual storytelling arc uh, for this deity, uh, including what what genre it would fit best. So I'm, I'm going to give uh, my take, and you know if you have thoughts afterwards, you can kind of go those, and, and we can. Uh, you know, see what we come up with. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in in the earlier eps, earlier seasons of uh, God versus God, you know, may, maybe we strayed a little bit from the original thought, but uh, you know, it's I like to have a little bit of, of creativity with these. So, to me, uh, you know, she's her setting is always in the court, and you know, she's always surrounded by these other deities. She is a regal royal figure. Uh, but she's also she's not so traditional and high bound. So I thought one of those anachronistic costume dramas uh, that become real popular these days, like uh, Bridgerton or Edith Wharton adaptation of The Buccaneers, uh, would work for her. Give kind of a modern rock pop soundtrack. Uh, you know, elaborate period costumes. Uh, you know, with kind of a switch between period lit- literature. Moral dilemma tropes with ultra modern sensibilities, so that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. But uh, you know, I would start with the, the approach of uh, Susan Nu as uh, rival slash love interest, uh, you know, towards her palace. Uh, you know, maybe give some exposition about her absent, estranged husband uh, Tsukuyomi, uh, and her riding out armed and suspicious. And that's kind of your, your opening scene. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, you know, I think one way we might want to change it for the modern norms is de-emphasizing the incest. Just to just tamp that down a little bit. Uh, maybe instead of uh, her husband and Susan who being 
her brothers. They could be distant cousins, kind of, you know, uh, English royalty style. Um, you know, that she grew up with, but something a little bit more palatable for, for our current audiences. Uh, and, uh, Susan who shows up, uh, looking for refuge, uh, have kind of a classic love hate courtship. Uh, they're competitors. They have witty repartee, but, uh, you know, there, there, there's, there's something there, kind of a, uh, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett or Han Solo and Princess Leia type stuff, that kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, have their relationship, uh, but it's complicated, it's competitive. Ultimately, Susan who can't accept her higher status as the ultimate empress, uh, goes off the rails with, you know, humiliating and violent results, resulting in Amaterasu's near abdication. Instead of going into a cave, you know, she, she goes into her room, her, her, uh, suite. Uh, but only to be lured out by the throwing of a big fancy ball, uh, you know, in full costume drama style, but uh, with with modern music. Uh, and then she, she's lured out to the ball as well. And Susan New is lured out there and he is captured. Uh, he is fined and he is exiled. And Amaterasu is resplendently restored to her throne and court. And that's the end of season one. So, <laughs> so, um, what do you think? You and if you have other thoughts of a different, different genre to go with, different way to go. Give it so, to like, I, I'm I'm typically not a fan of like those costume dramas, yeah, because I'm I'm the nitpicker of like, well, this is they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong. This should be like this. Um, so I'm like the worst person to watch a TV <laughs> show with because I would nitpick anything. But at the moment, it's like the way I had it envisioned in my head would be. You know, this may sound very cliche of me, but I would love to see this, in, you know, portrayed in this beautiful, like, ink calligraphy or, like, uh, like oil painting style. Yeah. Um, where, you know, the colors are vibrant, they're shifting around, um, you know, making heavy uses of, you know, Amaterasu showing her role as a son. So whenever she comes into the room, everything starts glowing a bit more. Um, you know, when Sukuyomi is in there, you know, things start getting a bit darker, so when they're in the room together, things start kind of clashing, and then Susa News will just kind of, you can see wake, like winds kind of morphing, th- wafting through the air at the same time. Yeah. Um, so more of an artistic flair to it. Um, and then just following the story, just as it's told, but you would have a narrator kind of going through and like different panels kind of showcasing everything and like detailing the scenes. Kind of like the same way you would have in a picture book, but there would be movements within the scene yep. at the same time. But nobody would be voiced. It would just be, you would have someone telling the story. Okay, and then, gotcha. and then uh, the story goes on. And then you see a, um, not a clay but like more modern, uh, more modern painting style of, you know, Jimu telling the story of his family to his son. Ah, so bringing in the, bringing in that, uh, Bring in the royal family, yeah, yeah. Bring in the royal family, and you know them. T- so then you would have like each episode would be like, like a short series. You know, one episode would be kind of starting off. The first episode would be starting off with Izanagi, you know, giving birth to the children. Um, second episode would be kind of Sukuyomi, you know, killing Yukomochi. Um, third, and then kind of escaping away from Amaterasu. Um, then third episode would be the you know the competition between them with the necklace and the the sword. Fourth episode would be Susanu basically going his rampage. Yep. Fifth episode would be that um, getting her out of the the cave. Then the sixth episode and final episode would be you know finally explaining, hey, you know, here's how we came to being. And throughout each episode, you know, Jimu's and his and his um his heir. Um, because I forget who it is now, would be just kind of like commenting on, okay, this is why this is important. Kind of giving it like a more more of a moral compass as to why we do things or like do things a certain way. Right. Okay. All right. So that's how I like things, but yeah. So so when when you think about that story, you think about that compared to other mythologies. Uh, you know, when you go zero to ten. Um, like what? What do you what do you thought? What what are your thoughts? 
I for this story, uh, just like all in all, I just to even create making it like a short series or like a costume drama, I think it would still for me it would go about a seven for both. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that's about right. I, I, I think, you know, the, the story of, of the reason I I sort of focus on this reason it's interesting. And there was that. Uh, well, I haven't seen the 2017 short story, but I saw a couple other things where there were books, uh, like a gra- there's a graphic novel about Amaterasu, mm-hmm. and it is Amaterasu and Suzanne. That's what they focus on. Uh, and so, you know, I think there's something about that part of the story, um, you know, and, y- and you can kind of read some sort of subtext, but because they're brother and sister, maybe you don't want to. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but, but uh, uh, you know, it, it is. Uh, it, an interesting story, but it, it's not, you know, uh, maybe the best. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a six. You, you, mm-hmm. you said a seven. So we have a 13 and we were at 48. Uh, so that brings us to 61. It's not bad. Editor's note. While editing this episode, I noted that we had completely skipped. Good God. So Roberto has graciously agreed to return to score Amaratsu in good god which again is character of the deity so to recap the pertinent points uh in general amaratsu's deal is bringing light heat and order to the world you know so those those are pretty good things Mm -hmm. and then personally uh she generally seemed like she was on the side of the right uh she punished her brother tsukiyomi uh for his extrajudicial killing uh, she showed a lot of patience with her other brother, uh, Susanau, but on the downside, when he kills one of her ladies in waiting, uh, Amaterasu's solution is to go hide in a cave. So not, you know, super uh, with the justice there. Uh, but eventually they, they do get uh, a fine on Susanau and, and uh, exile. So that, that does come around the end. Uh, then... You know, again, she attempts multiple times to unite uh, heaven and the earth gods peacefully. Uh, eventually, you know, she does resort to some threats of violence and uh, then sends some of her, her thugs on a little bit of a subjugation uh, tour. But, you know, in her mind, on the side of the right of bringing order uh, down to earth and the order of heaven. So, you know, th- those are the points that I picked up. Uh, did you have anything from your notes uh, Roberto. Um. So, essentially, I liked Amaterasu. I think that she, as you mentioned, she did a good job, relatively, mostly good. Yeah. Um. But I think the biggest thing is that she essentially let Sukuyomi kind of get away with the murder because he just keeps evading her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the sun and moon dichotomy. Um. Right. And. Yeah. She just let Susan go on a rampage where, you know, he, he destroyed cops, he destroyed crops, he let yep. go of the horses, and he dropped the deuce on the throne, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, her turning the other cheek may have been fine, you know, if, if she were anything but the presiding god of the whole pantheon. Right, right. So right. she should have done something, and it, you know, and when her, and when Susan killed one of her ladies in waiting, you mentioned she went into a cave, so <laughs> right. I guess she was not doing just fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. But so, and then because of that, instead of you know bringing Susan to justice, she essentially brings the world into darkness. Yeah. Uh, which you know causes many right. consequences. Right. So right. I don't think she's entirely a good god, but she's still higher up in points because she typically did fight for order. She, you know, helped bring about the Japanese empire at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so, or at least get it started through her descendants. So I'd say like a seven. No, that's good. That's like, that's almost exactly what I was thinking. I think, you know, she's certainly not perfect, but you know, you know, everybody so far is better than the Greeks. So she's, oh, yes, she's always, she's, she's a seven. She's a seven overall and and a nine in Greece, so I think that's I'll score that. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say if this is Greece, nine, Japan, a seven. Right. But I also don't have you know 
more people to like rank her up against. But I think overall she did a really good job. It's just that she let her brothers get away with so much. Right. And yeah, and, and as you said, she had a little bit of a sulk instead of instead of meeting out justice herself, she she kinda went and uh had a bit of a sulk until uh the other gods rallied around her. So uh, and I think I think a seven seven is fair uh, as things go, and that brings her to uh, not a sixty, but a seventy four. And I so think she's pretty good score. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty good score uh, considering the the only other uh, Japanese god we've scored so far uh, is Inagi, uh got a fifty, so uh, she's she's well above him, beating her father. I mean, it's all a father can ask for. <laughs> <laughs> that that it is all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, uh, Roberto. Thanks for coming back. And, of course. And uh, this time we'll take it away for real. Uh, so thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Give us a like and uh, join Roberto at Czar Power. Oh, and thanks again to Andy Snow for the theme music. Uh, and talk to you later. Bye. Bye.